Well, good morning, Greenwich, and welcome to the Monday, January 17th edition of the Basement Academy. And a good snowy and icy morning to you, huh? Uh, yesterday's gathering and worship uh, was delightful uh, for those who made it. Kind of a little lower attendance Sunday. I think the weather uh, and the cold probably kept a few folks away. We'll want to make sure we get uh, the prayer guide into your hands. Uh, it is uh, to be on the website. I haven't checked today to make sure it's there, but uh, we're uploading that to our website as the elders have called the church as we begin this new year, called the church to a season of prayer. And so we have a daily prayer guide offered and we would encourage that as well as praying Ephesians chapter three, verses 14 through 21. Probably should have done this yesterday. I think we'll do it next week. Gonna get that passage printed on little cards and we'll hand those out so you can memorize that and make that part of your own daily prayers. So uh, may God uh, fill us with his spirit, right? And send his spirit now as we gather around the word again this week. Uh, Psalm 77. This is a tricky one. This is uh, an important Psalm and we need to pray it, though it's kind of hard and uh, love this language at the end about the, the God's path. Your path led through the sea, your way through the mighty waters, though your footprints were not seen. It's an allusion to the Exodus as God led the children of Israel out of Egypt through the Red Sea. That road to freedom led through the waters. And sometimes in life, <clears throat> that's what it is, right? The only way out of a situation is to go through it. And God's footprints will not be seen, but he will lead us and he will be with us. And so anyway, Psalm 77 is an important prayer, particularly for those walking through a difficult season. <clears throat> I cried out to God for help. I cried out to God to hear me. When I was in distress, I sought the Lord. At night I stretched out untiring hands, and my soul refused to be comforted. I remembered you, O God, and I groaned. I mused, and my spirit grew faint. You kept my eyes from closing. I was too troubled to speak. I thought about the former days, the years of long ago. I remembered my songs in the night. My heart mused, and my spirit inquired. Will the Lord reject forever? Will he never show his favor again? Has his unfailing love vanished forever? Has his promise failed for all time? Has God forgotten to be merciful? Has he in anger withheld his compassion? Then I thought, to this I will appeal, the years of the right hand of the Most High, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles of long ago. I will meditate on all your works and consider all your mighty deeds. Your ways, O God, are holy. What God is so great as our God? You are the God who performs miracles. You display your power among the peoples. 
With your mighty arm you redeemed your people, the descendants of Jacob and Joseph. The waters saw you, O God. The waters saw you and writhed. The very depths were convulsed. The clouds poured down water. The skies resounded with thunder. Your arrows flashed back and forth. Your thunder was heard in the whirlwind. Your lightning lit up the world. The earth trembled and quaked. Your path led through the sea, your way through the mighty waters, though your footprints were not seen. You led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. Mm, Psalm 77. Lord, you are the God who performs miracles. And so for those of us who are facing the mighty waters, your path leads through, Lord, and so accompany us as we make our journey through the trials and challenges of our life. Amen. Okay, let's continue reflecting on this purpose of God. He works all things for the good of those who love him, who are called according to his purpose, and this purpose is, Romans eight twenty nine, that we be conformed to the likeness or image of his Son. Okay, question that we ask kids. What do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be an astronaut. I want to be a baseball player. I want to be a fireman. I want to be a nurse. I want to be a teacher. Whatever. I want to be an actress or a singer. And so the kids, you know, little as they are, they have an imagination and they begin to think about what they want to be when they grow up. I remember asking this of our oldest when he was a little guy in, in Colorado. Turner, what do you think you want to be when you grow up? I want to be like you, Dad. And I'm thinking, oh, he wants to be a pastor, you know, a teacher, missionary, something like that. He goes, and then, but he, he, he carried on. He goes, I want to be bald. said, Turner, you, my friend, are probably going to have that opportunity. And sure enough, it's happening. <laughs> and so who knows what goes on in the minds of children, huh? What do you want to be when you grow up, huh? Second question is probably more important. When is someone grown up? Is it just when you achieve a certain chronology? Our society, you know, at 16, there are certain privileges. At 18, other privileges. At 21, um, and then they talk about age having its privileges. Now that I'm in the AARP <laughs> uh, and the, the senior citizen uh, realm, uh, I get some discounts. <clears throat> when is a person grown up? Is it just age? Doesn't being a grown-up imply something about behavior, attitude, actions, speech? Uh, you'll hear this phrase every once in a while. You know, I, I had to come in and be the adult in the room, right? You come in and some people are adults, you know, older people are fighting and carrying on or whatever. We need somebody to be the adult in the room, somebody to be the grown-up, somebody have the character, have the presence of mind to be able to get a hold of things and 
and, and turn them towards a productive uh, end. And so I kind of want to work with this theme today and over the next couple days. It kind of ties into you know, character formation. What does it mean to grow up? And I want to offer some scriptures, a biblical witness. Uh, first from the book of Ephesians. We're actually going to study this uh, probably in two, I think two or three weeks on Sunday mornings at Greenwich. This is Paul having just offered that, that wonderful prayer in Ephesians chapter 4, beginning verse 11. He's, he's talking about Jesus Christ um, giving gifts to uh, the church when he ascended. Verse 11, it was he, that is Christ, who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants. Okay, hear that language. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of men and their deceitful scheming. So we're no longer going to be infants. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head. That is Christ. From him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Now, I taught through Ephesians uh, last year, so you can go reference that for the deeper dive. But you hear the language. Christ gives to uh, his church these people who bear the word in different ways, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers that the people of God, that the body of Christ may be built up, may be strengthened until we become mature. I'm going to come back to that word. We'll no longer be infants. Instead, we'll be growing up. We'll grow up into him, this whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Okay, so that's Ephesians chapter four. Paul clearly has this image of growth and maturity. Colossians chapter 1, just a couple verse or a couple uh, books beyond Ephesians. Paul talking about his own ministry now. <clears throat> we proclaim him, that is Jesus Christ, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom. This is uh, Colossians chapter 1, verse 28 and 29. We proclaim him, admonishing, so that's kind of you know, given some word of correction, right? Calling people forward, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone perfect in Christ. To this end I labor, struggling with all his energy, which so powerfully works in me. So Paul has one purpose in his ministry, to admonish, to teach with wisdom, to present everyone mature or perfect in Christ, as it says here. Uh, James chapter 1, I think, I think you're familiar with this. James chapter 1, beginning verse 2, 
What a way to start a, a letter here. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. And so when you hit the, when you hit the mighty waters, <laughs> when you can't see the way, the, the path just disappears into the ocean or into the river there, count it joy, uh, uh, James says. Count it joy when you encounter trials of, of many kinds because the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature. There's that word again. And complete, lacking nothing. Let's finish with uh, Matthew chapter 5. This is Jesus. Uh, he's in the Sermon on the Mount. And let me pick up in, in verse 43. The, the punchline is right at the end, verse 48. Jesus says, You have heard that it was said, Love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you that you may be sons and daughters of your Father in heaven. He causes his Son to rise on the evil and the good and sends his reign on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you only greet your brothers, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Mm. That's always been a tough passage. Not simply for the love your enemies part, right? <laughs> but for the way Jesus finishes it. Be perfect, therefore. Be like God. <laughs> uh, but I'm imperfect, God. I'm I'm human. <laughs> And so four verses, we're going we're gonna to tease out some other passages in this week and, and next, but, but these are four passages that are very important. They each have a common word that sits behind them. So Ephesians 4 talks about becoming mature. Colossians 1, uh, Paul is trying to present everyone perfect in Christ. Wow. Um, James chapter 1. Uh, let the perseverance finish its work that you may be mature. And then Jesus be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. There is behind the word mature and perfect in each of these passages one Greek word. So it has a little different translation. And again, Bible translation is an art. <laughs> there's a science to it, but there's also an art where you're taking one word that might have a range of meaning and trying to translate it into another language, in our case, English, taking Greek to English, and catch the nuance of a certain range of meaning for this Greek word, trying to catch it. And so sometimes we read mature, sometimes we read uh, perfect. The Greek word is is rooted is telos 
it's technically teleon the way it's the way it's presented in the in the sentence. But if it, the, the the Greek word, the base Greek word, the the, the root word is telos, which has a range of meaning to it. It means whole or complete something that is fulfilled okay so it's fulfilling its purpose there, there's a sense of purpose that's associated with telos a goal uh, end aim purpose uh, it can be translated mature obviously um, finished again that sense of completion of wholeness uh, to finish the race okay so the work is finished it is it is completed um, grown up would be a colloquial way of talking about maturity. So a person who is telas is grown up. What do you want to be when you grow up? There's a completion, a wholeness, a fullness, a fulfillment to their life. And also the word can be translated perfect. It, it's great that it's translated that way. That was the decision the translating committee made. But unfortunately, we hear the word perfect and it's an off-putting word. Be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. Thanks, Jesus. <laughs> if I wasn't feeling bad enough about myself, now I'm completely beat down. I don't have a chance. And so perfect is a good word gone bad uh, in our language. Let me, let me read the definition of perfect, okay? I believe this is the Merriam-Webster. Merriam-Webster. Perfect, having all the required or desirable elements, qualities, or characteristics as good as it is possible to be. Hmm. So you hear that sense of completion, right? That, that the Greek is trying to capture by using perfect. Another definition, second definition is absolute, complete. Hmm. Third definition, to make something completely free from faults or defects or as close to such a condition as possible. So that's where we start to get into kind of moral perfection, right? Uh, being free of moral fault and flaw, which we know we are not. And then a fourth definition has to do with the perfect tense of a verb in uh, language. So, so it's a, grammatic, a, a grammatical term, the perfect tense. The perfect tense of a verb speaks of completed action. That's why it's called the perfect tense. Perfection is completion without flaw, without alloy, without taint, wholeness, completion, etc., etc. So let's work back. Paul says this is what Jesus Christ gave these word-bearing gifts, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, these people who bear God's word in different ways are doing so towards a particular goal or end, 
to equip God's people for works of service that we may be built up and mature, complete, that we might be teleon, we might be telos, we might, there might be a fullness to our lives, both as individuals then as a community. In that way, we will grow up into him who is the head. We're growing up into Christ. And so there's that image of cultivating the character of Jesus Christ. God's purpose is that we be conformed to his likeness. This malleable lump of clay that we are can be shaped and we can be made, no, we can be molded into something else other than we are. And so God is perfecting us, okay? <clears throat> Colossians, uh, Paul strives with all his energy to present everyone, admonishing, teaching with wisdom, to present everyone whole, complete, mature, finished, perfect in Christ. James 1, the trials do something to us. There's a perseverance. Perseverance does its work. That work is to mature us, to deepen our character, okay, so that we would be mature, not lacking anything. So there's that same uh, notion. And then, of course, we've talked about Jesus <laughs> telling us to be perfect. Thanks, Lord. <clears throat> Be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. This is what God's purpose is for our lives. And one of the ways in which that happens, kind of the graduate school level <laughs> um, maturity, is to love enemies, not just neighbors and friends. Don't just love those who love you. Don't just greet those who greet you. And then Jesus points to the manner in which the Father causes the sun to shine on the righteous and unrighteous, the rain to fall on the righteous and unrighteous. And so you learn to love those who oppose you, who uh, attack you, those who persecute you, as we read earlier in the, the Sermon on the Mount. Okay, that's enough for today. I want to plant the seed. <laughs> that scripture is speaking in this language of growth and maturity and wholeness and completion or perfection. Again, I wish they would use a different word there because it does off-put. But we're going to uh, go a little bit further tomorrow uh, and keep pressing on, okay? Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for the ways in which you do uh, complete us and, and grow within us as we studied in Ephesians, Lord, may your Holy Spirit come with power to strengthen our inner being that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith and help us to be rooted and established in love that our lives would be marked by such an agape, a, a godly love towards friends, neighbors, loved ones, and even towards enemies and opponents. And so continue that good work which you have begun in us and bring it to completion, to wholeness, to perfection through Christ our Lord, in whose name we pray and who taught us to pray together, saying, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power 
and the glory forever. Amen. Well, may the God of grace and mercy complete and perfect and mature and develop and grow you today and forevermore. Amen.